what mom hasn't experienced this? No matter how early you get up, the kids get up just as early, if not earlier. There seems to be no way that you can get up before them in order to have time to read your Bible and pray and get yourself mentally sorted for the day. What's a mom to do? Hi, you've found the Simply Convivial podcast. Short but meaty episodes helping you banish overwhelm and perfectionism so you can manage family life competently and cheerfully. What does convivial mean? Convivial means doing life together with joy. It's the home atmosphere that we want as moms, but our overwhelm and perfectionism seems to make it impossible. But we can choose joy and become the convivial tone within our homes. I'm Misty Winkler, homemaker and homeschooling mom, author of the new book, Simplified Organization, Learn to Love What Must Be Done, here to help you organize your attitude and dig into the good work that God has called you to do. I'm so glad you've joined me today. Now, recently, I've heard from several women who say that they're finding it impossible to have a morning devotional habit because they just can't get up before the kids. It's not quiet, it's not peaceful, and they aren't alone. What can they do? What's the answer? How do they find time to be alone and quiet to read the Bible and pray in the morning when the kids are up and at it? But what if this is the wrong question? Grab a basket of laundry to fold and let's dig in. As important as it is to start the day with prayer and scripture reading, I do my best to not call that time my devotions. Maybe it's just a weird personal thing, but to me, devotions seems more about conjuring up a certain aesthetic or atmosphere than about just doing what is needful. Devotions conjures up pictures of quiet reading spaces, maybe some candles burning, a notebook and our favorite pen, and stacks of devotional books. It seems sometimes like a devotional time can be actually spending more time reading these devotional books than scripture or reading the spiritual thoughts of other people than actually praying yourself. Even if our morning devotions are primarily filled with prayer and scripture, It is so easy to add extra biblical expectations and standards to that time. When we set out to build the habit of a morning time of prayer and reading the Bible, we want to be sure that we are spending time in the Word and starting our day with prayer. Yet we very easily slip into idealistic vision casting. And that can keep us stuck 
when real life hits and our morning prayer time doesn't look anything like we planned. We imagine that our morning devotional time should be the very first thing that we do in the morning, done before the kids are awake, should definitely be at least 30 minutes, but better to be 60, include a big stack of books, especially a stack of books that'll look great on Instagram, and be a comfy, cozy setting with warm light, a candle burning, a hot beverage, earth tone midliners, and a fleece blanket. So then when our real mornings begin by being tossed from bed by a crying infant, when we can't find 10 minutes together in the morning where we aren't interrupted by someone small, when we never make it to our candle lit corner, then we wind up never actually sitting down with the Bible or sitting down to pray at all. But it doesn't have to be that way. We don't need to have the perfect setting before we fly to the Lord for daily sustenance. Such desperate mid-action flight is really more biblical than a cozy morning corner with scented candles. The Bible's not silent on the topic of using the morning for prayer. The Psalms are filled with exhortations to pray in the morning, such as Psalm 5, 3. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. In fact, in the Old Covenant, sacrifices were supposed to be made by the priests every morning. How much more should we in the New Covenant offer our sacrifice of praise every morning. Throughout scripture, we see the principle of offering to God the first fruits of what he has given us in this life. Offering to God the first fruits of what he gives us. And many commentators throughout church history have drawn the line from that principle to giving, to devoting the first hour of the day to scripture and prayer. That is, the idea of morning devotions is not an invention of modern evangelicals. It goes all the way back to David, and you'll find exhortations to it throughout church history. For example, in his commentary on Genesis, Matthew Henry wrote, It is our wisdom and duty to begin every day with God. And John Calvin said something similar, quote, Although we should ever aspire to God and pray without ceasing, still, since our weakness is such that it has to be supported by many aids, and our sluggishness such that it needs to be goaded, it is fitting that each one of us should set apart certain hours for this exercise. These hours for prayer are when we arise in the morning, before we begin daily work, when we sit down to a meal, when by God's blessing we have eaten, and when we are getting ready to retire. Calvin goes on to caution that these regular times of daily prayer, quote, 
must not be any superstitious observance of ours, whereby, as if by paying our debt to God, we imagine ourselves paid up for the remaining hours. Morning devotions can easily slide into that kind of superstitious practice where we think that if we check the box at the right time in the right way in the morning, then we're good to go for the rest of the day. We think we've earned a good day, and we can assume that now the day ought to go our way, according to plan, which means that we turn to devotions not because we want to conform ourselves to God, but rather as a technique to channel God's power into ourselves. However, just because morning devotions can be done superstitiously does not mean that we reject it out of hand either. We should not abandon the practice of devoting time to scripture and prayer in the morning. But sometimes there's no quiet for quiet time. Sometimes instead of calling prayer and scripture reading time devotions, it's called quiet time. And I've always found it funny that the term is commonly used by mothers both for afternoon quiet nap time for the kids and then this personal scripture reading time. I suppose both are essential ways of resting. But it makes me wonder if it shows what we think we need before we can come into God's presence. Does it have to be quiet while we read our Bible? No. Does it have to be quiet for us to pray? It does not. We can be like Charles Wesley's mother, Susanna, who threw her apron over her head to make a space for herself to collect her thoughts and offer her prayers to God in the midst of the hubbub of a teeming house. Although our hearts should be quiet before the Lord, our home doesn't have to be quiet before we can pray first thing or anytime. What needs to be quiet is not the environment, the situation, but rather our hearts and our minds. Prayer is giving up our distraction and our worries to focus on scripture, on God's excellencies, on God's good care of us. It doesn't matter if the kids are already up. It doesn't matter if they see you. It doesn't matter if they interrupt you. We can still take 10 minutes to pray and read a psalm. We can listen to the day's Bible reading challenge while doing our morning chores or eating breakfast, even if the kids are around. It doesn't matter if you're nursing a baby while you pray, it still counts. It doesn't matter if you do it on the couch in the plain view of everyone, it still counts. The ideal personal devotional time ought not become a standard that we require for ourselves before we devote ourselves to God. So how about that hour in the morning? Does it have to be an hour? No. Many of us are tempted by perfectionism 
where we think that if our situation is not ideal, nothing about it counts at all. We can't get started. We ought not bother doing anything. If we think we're supposed to spend an hour in scripture and prayer, and that seems impossible, we then spend zero time on it instead. That's not the right approach. Perhaps we imagine that someday the situation will work out and then we'll have enough time. But in the meantime, our tastes, our affections, our patterns, our habits are being drawn away from what should be our first love. Our hearts will not jump from zero to 60 minutes of devotion as soon as conditions allow. 10 minutes is a start. 10 minutes can still be a first fruits offering. 10 minutes can begin to shape <clears throat> 10 minutes can begin to shape our desires toward God so that we can continue throughout the day to regularly return to him in prayers of dependence and faith and gratitude. If we regularly give 10 minutes, those 10 minutes can grow as our circumstances shift. It becomes a placeholder, a habit in place from which greater and greater patterns can emerge. Plus, it can actually be a blessing to bring your children with you. When God has given us children who wake up with us and who are with us right alongside us all day long, then that means God wants us to come to him with them along. They're not hindrances to us coming to God. And we should not be hindrances to them either. Let them see us. Let them sit beside us. Let us show them how to live before the face of God. There is nothing more natural than for mothers to bring along their children as they go about their life. And that life should include scripture and prayer. There is no requirement that our morning prayer time be alone and silent. In fact, the Bible says that wives and mothers are walking metaphors of the church, which is a corporate body. So it's actually quite fitting when we bring others with us as we offer up our day to God and submit ourselves to his good work that he has prepared for us to do, even if we don't exactly know what that will wind up being today. And that good work he will accomplish using those children in our lives. So it's actually quite fitting that we bring others with us as we offer up our day to God and submit ourselves to his good work in our lives, a good work that he will most certainly use those children to accomplish. We have to remember to value progress over perfection. 
every time. One way we do that inside Convivial Circle is during community coaching. And that's one of our biggest focuses inside Convivial Circle. Right now we're gearing up behind the scenes for another round of simplified organization community coaching, which is always exciting. Simplified organization refers to the three mainstay courses inside Convivial Circle. Organize your attitude, work your plan, and streamline your homemaking. Each of these three courses has 12 modules. So for 36 weeks across a calendar year with catch-up weeks and a summer break built in, we cover all the elements that go into managing yourself, your home, and your plans with cheerful competence. Simplified organization community coaching is extra support and accountability to work through these three courses steadily and consistently, knowing that the point is not perfect completion, but small step personal progress. Our group that started in January 2023 is just now wrapping up and graduating, and we're gearing up for the next January start. The ladies who have graduated aren't celebrating completing the program, but celebrating the fact that they stuck with it. Here is what Amy said about her time working through this material in community. In January, my biggest struggle was everything, really. But community coaching really brought it all together. I knew that life had seasons, but now I feel that way about my work also. There's a time for expansion, a time for rest, a time for maintenance, a time for everything. To understand that we aren't machines expecting to produce, but plants that are growing through growth cycles has been huge. It's a hard lesson, but a necessary one. I'm a perfectionist and iterating was a huge mindset shift for me. Things don't have to be perfect to start. They just need to start. Start before you're ready. Start before the system is perfect. Starting's the hardest part, but we need to smile and start. Enroll today and spend 2024 with a cohort of like-minded women committed to improving their home management skills and mindset. Just go to simplyconvivial.com and click the green enroll button to get started. You can find a link in the description also, or go to simplyconvivial.com and click the green enroll button at the top of the page. I would love to spend 2024 with you repenting, rejoicing, and repeating.